Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're discussing dealing with rejection. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about rejection and what to do when we are rejected, when we feel rejected. I'm going to offer some tips on how to navigate the terrain of rejected rejection, which usually leaves us feeling empty, betrayed, and, and deeply hurt. So first of all, rejection is bound to happen to all of us. There really is no way of going throughout life without having some experience of rejection. Uh, you know, if we don't deal with rejection in a timely and healthy manner, it, it's going to lead to catastrophic outcomes, and it's going to leave a person feeling incredibly uh, beat down, ashamed, and, and sadly at times even suicidal. Now, when we talk about rejection, we're referring to any time a person feels denied, stonewalled, dismissed and left to our own devices by people who we love, who we care for, who we want to connect with, and who, who we are relying on for survival. Now, when this happens, we're gonna be left feeling alone, helpless, and, and often we are very confused as to the, the reason of the rejection, and, and it leaves uh, a gaping hole in, in our soul. And it usually leaves us with a feeling of worthlessness, shame, anger, and uh, perhaps even feelings of, of hate or, or desire for revenge. So in childhood, when our parents do not accept us for who we are, uh, the wound is profound and it and often feels like a deep rejection and betrayal. Uh, in addition, when we are heavily reliant on our parents, which we are obviously in childhood to meet our basic needs, uh, when these needs are dismissed, denied, shamed, humiliated, mocked, maybe seen as weak, uh, and, and or made to feel unworthy of being met, it can feel like a rejection by our parents, and the wound that's created as a result is, is especially deep and profoundly impactful. It will most usually leave us feeling eternally shameful, helpless, hateful, angry, and we very often turn on ourselves in self-disgust. Now, obviously, as children, we're unable to see our parents, uh, the perspective we need to see how they are, in fact, the rejecting parent. We cannot see our parents for who they are uh, and, and ultimately see it as a flawed character defect in the parent. So what we do is we internalize it as being something inherently wrong with us, you know, perhaps that we're unlovable, and then we oftentimes go on to reject ourselves in a, in a similar manner, a similar fashion. Now, when we are rejected by a parent, we begin to see ourselves as unlovable and unworthy, uh, in other words, worthy of that rejection. We begin to rationalize our feelings as us being guilty of doing something wrong or shameful and thus deserving of said rejection. Now, in response to the parental rejection, we may choose to, let's say, work tirelessly to please our parents, assuming that because we're not doing or being enough, that's the reason for the, for the rejection, for the mistreatment. We may become hostile, right, violent, or emotionally manipulative, manipulative to get our needs met. Uh, in, in either case, we are, in essence, rejecting our core self in order to survive. Now, because childhood is all about survival in these instances, a child whose safety is threatened by potential rejection or actual rejection or abandonment must do whatever they possibly could to assure that the bond is kept because without that bond, there is certain death, emotional, physical, spiritual death. So in order to survive, 
the child will usually reject their true self in place of a false self that will have a better chance of getting their needs met. It can sort of manipulate itself, shapeshift, and, and assure that it doesn't get rejected and that it can survive, but usually by becoming of value to the parent uh, in some way. And this becomes the basis of the development of this child and their identity and their core sense of self, which they will ultimately take on with them throughout their life. In most all cases, a child will split off and reject or even scapegoat the, the parts of themselves that they see as unlovable or imperfect and as the reason why they're being rejected. Uh, in other words, they'll blame themselves for, for the rejection. So now when it comes to adulthood, when we have these childhood experiences of rejection, it's going to wreak havoc, absolute havoc on, on our lives, specifically our intimate lives. And some of those effects include projecting our need or desire for revenge on the rejecting and hurtful parent towards our intimate partners, and then taking it out on them, let's say by punishing them or, or betraying them through things like infidelity. We may become extremely passive in our own lives, let's say terrified of asserting ourselves, asserting our needs, because if we do, they might be invalidated or rejected. We may become total doormats and just absorbing and taking on untold abuse just to have a relationship where we are not rejected. Uh, let's say we're living with a false self that is hyper-obsessed with per per perfection so that others approve of us and ultimately don't reject us. So in all these instances, there is always the sacrifice and the rejection of oneself. So in essence, we reject ourselves the very same way we were rejected early on. Now, unfortunately, this guarantees that the individual who's rejecting themselves is going to be rejected because in essence, they are already, like I said, rejecting themselves. They're not accepting themselves and uh, a person cannot get their needs met uh, of intimacy and connection from themselves or others if they have already rejected themselves. Because when a person rejects themselves, they're not even there. And if you're not even there, you can't get what you need. You can't get intimacy. You cannot get connection. Uh, in addition, because a person is engaging in self-rejecting behaviors, they're always going to attract experiences, relationships, people that reject them. In essence, they're reflecting back this already internalized rejection. You know, interestingly enough, when we reject ourselves in order to be accepted by others, uh, we can never get acceptance and connection, the, the intimacy we want, because uh, we are in these instances fundamentally cut off and disconnected from ourselves, And because we aren't showing up authentically, we aren't really showing up as who we are, we ultimately can't get our needs met. Like I mentioned, we can't get that connection that we deeply crave because in reality, we, we aren't even really there. Now, there are a couple of key points I want to make with regards to rejection that are fundamental in moving past it and, and healing from it. Firstly, rejection is first and foremost a feeling. You know, we may feel that someone is rejecting us when they don't respond to us in a way that we expect. And it is very normal to feel disappointed and rejected. So in these instances, especially when we have a deep wound of rejection from past relationships or childhood, let's say small instances of, of disappointment or rejection uh, could wake up these wounds and it feel and trigger those extreme uh, pains and ultimately it could feel extremely uncomfortable. So while these feelings of rejection are profoundly painful, it's important to remember that like any painful feeling, it must be felt, processed, and healed through present moment awareness and non-reactivity. If we allow the feeling to linger and take over our thoughts and mind, it can begin to take us over, almost possess us and lead us down destructive uh, pathways um, and, and ways of operating towards ourself and towards other people. In addition, it's so important to be aware of perspective when it comes to rejection. Whenever we feel rejected, there's usually a narrative and sort of a self-talk or an automatic stream of consciousness of thoughts that accompany it. Uh, these negative thoughts make uh, sound something like we're a victim and ultimately that uh, we need to take revenge on the person who, who rejected us. Um, so if we don't disarm this program and stop these negative thoughts and replace them, and if we allow them to take over, uh, and if we identify with these feelings and these thoughts, we become controlled by it, like I mentioned. And uh, the deeply painful feelings of, let's say, rage or hate begin to lead us, uh, almost control us and lead us down further destructive pathways. 
In addition, rejection is, is truly only rejection if we are reliant on the person who is rejecting us, right? So when someone proves that they are not respecting and honoring our needs, instead of sticking around or let's say taking it personally, uh, if you could do what you could to, to get some distance and realize that this is who the person is. It's not personal, this is what they do, they're not respecting, they're not honoring your needs. Uh, take it as a sign that this person is untrustworthy and not uh, as an indication of, of us being unworthy or unlovable uh, or ultimately not being uh, worthy of getting our needs met. Now, here's the kicker, here's the main point here. True rejection is self-rejection. Other people may leave our lives, but when we reject ourselves, that's when we're truly sort of set up for destruction and that's really when we feel uh, truly disconnected. So this is why no matter who rejects you, as long as you don't abandon and reject yourself, you can recover and heal. You can get back in touch with your authentic self. But because when people reject us, we oftentimes see ourselves as reject worthy and then reject ourselves and we, uh, we make an enemy out of ourselves and this creates inner chaos. Uh, we're just totally disconnected from our authenticity. We engage in self-destruction uh, and even self-abusive tendencies that wreak havoc on our, on our lives. So by radically accepting and loving yourself, regardless of if other people do, you can assure that even when others don't have your back, in other words, uh, do reject you, uh, you still stay home with yourself, meet your needs, and, 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 and accept and love yourself. Now, narcissistic abusers, needless to say, have entirely rejected themselves. They have deemed themselves entirely shameful and eternally unlovable. And this is sadly as a result of repeated emotional, psychological, and spiritual blows to their psyche by uh, whoever was their superiors, or usually their primary caregivers. Now you can say their authentic self has been has been murdered, right, by their primary caregivers, and what is left is this sort of pseudo self, this false self. So when a narcissistic abuser is engaging, and let's say the narcissistic discard, uh, in essence they are attempting to reject others the same way they were rejected as a form of sort of revenge on their offending parent. Uh, usually they're entirely unconscious to this going on. And while you, if you are on the opposite side of, of, of that, if you are a victim of the narcissistic discard, this can be extremely painful, especially if there's a silent treatment going on. Um, but it's important to remember that people who do this are, are reenacting a childhood wound. It is not personal. It's very little, if anything, to do with you. Now, the best way to heal from rejection of a narcissist is to accept yourself radically and unconditionally, as well as take away any leverage that they have by owning your own stuff, identifying your needs, and meeting them independently. This takes away the power of a narcissistic abuser who, whose only power comes from promising to be the one who meets your needs and then ultimately using them against you by rejecting and, and exploiting those very needs. Now, what, one of the most, one of the biggest fears of intimacy is most usually the the, the fear of being rejected. Uh, the pain of feeling rejected on the deepest level, intimacy, right? It prevents many people from taking the necessary steps that accompany intimacy. Now, that being said, it's vital to heal and to become whole inwardly and assure that you are not engaging in self-rejection and rejecting any parts of yourself. When you do this, you give yourself the best chance of finding partners in relationships that don't end in rejection. And ironically enough, you know, when we are, when we, in order to heal, intimacy heals because it's connection. So if we are fearful of intimacy because we don't want to get rejected, then we give up the, the, the ability to get the intimacy we need to, to heal ourselves. Yes, there's intimacy inwardly, but intimacy with others can be very healing. So when we don't want to take that risk and connect with people who hopefully are good for us, then we, we give up the opportunity to, to, to use intimacy as a, as a, as a healing, uh, as a healing modality, as a healing tool. Now, when we become fully self-accepting, when we integrate the parts of ourself that were rejected by primary caregivers early on when we accept the parts of ourselves that we needed to, let's say, reject in, in order to, or hide in order to survive. And when we meet the needs of our 
malnourished inner child who had to hide his or her needs to shield from abuse and repeated rejection, we become whole. And with this wholeness comes a sense of inner peace and clarity that sets us up to attract healthy healthy people, right? Like attracts like. If we are healthy inwardly, uh, if we are whole, then we are going to attract wholesome partners and relationships. So to conclude, you know, rejection, rejection is, is arguably one of the most painful experiences a person can go through, especially when we are rejected by people and those who, who mean the most to us. So rejection, I would say, it, it, it's not final, right? I imagine we've heard the, the quote that rejection is, is God's redirection, right? So in truth, what's meant for you is going to find you. You know, you can't lose something that's, that's meant for you. Um, and ultimately, when we are rejected and when we feel rejected or when someone rejects you, uh, do what you can not to take it personally and see it as ultimately the, the removal of what no longer serves you. And in the long run, as we heal, as we grieve, and as we move past it, we will be able to look back and see that that which was being rejected uh, was take, being taken away uh, ultimately is being replaced by, by better. And, and that which is uh, uh, being replaced is ultimately what is needed to, to help us grow, to, to help serve us. So like I mentioned, it's, it's so important to not reject yourself, to be there for yourself in a way uh, that is that meets your needs and validates and loves and accepts who you are and, and not uh, not just hold on to the resentments and play the victim when somebody does reject us. Because ultimately speaking, if somebody leaves our life, and yes, it's uncomfortable and it's painful and it feels like a rejection, um, that just allows us to step in and be there for ourselves in a way uh, that, that we need and, and ultimately Self-rejection is the main form of, of self-rejection of, of rejection. So as long as we're there in a way that that uh, what that we need at the time, then we are always able to to recover to uh, to heal. And you see so many times in relationships, especially where one partner doesn't necessarily attune and meet the needs of their partner, they'll, they'll wake up this deep pain of rejection, which will create stonewalling and arguing and, and breakdowns. And uh, unfortunately, what what's going on is this: is the rejection program is the high reactivity of of the pain that occurs when we feel rejected, uh, creates defensiveness. And uh, ultimately, if we can tap into the present moment awareness, right, and process these feelings and, uh, and understand that there's a deep need that we want to be met, and then we take steps to meet that need, uh, we'll be able to let go of those feelings of rejection and ultimately move through the process of dealing with rejection in a way that's productive, in a way that's healthy, that ultimately allows us to move forward and, and grow and move on with our life in a healthy way. So thank you all so very much for listening to this episode. It's such an honor to be with you all today. Until next time, all the best.